everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Melanade Scenes podcast. I'm Tiara, and I'm here to give it to you straight up, raw, no filter. So ladies, do you guys feel like your work is valued? Do you feel like your opinions at work are valued? Do you feel like when you're in meetings, the things that you're bringing to the table are well received? And have you ever been the victim of someone actually stealing an idea that you had that you knew could be very impactful for your team? Or maybe you said it and people are like, oh, okay. And then a little later, somebody else said it. And then it was, you know, taken on and put into the, the next strategic plan for the next year or whatever. So starting out, in, starting out in my career, I definitely did not feel heard. I was a young black female engineer in a sea full of white people. And I just felt like I was not listened to it at all. And it took me a, a long time to build that confidence. And if somebody repeated something that I said, I was like, excuse me, I said that 10 minutes ago. You know, I would let it be known that, yes, I did say that. I do agree with what you said because I said it 10 minutes ago. So it took me a long time to be that comfortable and get to that point. But there are still times where, you know, I have to repeat myself just to get my points across. And yeah, I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. But it took me a while to get confident to stand up for myself. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely had that happen to me in previous roles. Um, you know, you think someone is your work friend and you bounce an idea off of them. And then the next thing you know, they're in the meeting presenting it as their own. Those, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I've, I've handled it both ways where I've either spoken up at the time and been like, actually, uh, that was me that came up with that. I've got all the data here. If you want to see it, um, I've gone back and, you know, said something to them afterwards. And I think one of the things that I do now, which probably isn't the healthiest, but I just don't share my ideas until they're at the level where I've done enough work that no one else could step in and be like, oh, well, I did. Well, no, you didn't because I've got all the information here and I'm ready to go with it. So I kind of like, in a way, hoard my ideas now because people are so quick to, you know, even if they give you credit, they want to act like they had something to do with it too. And I'm not going to let you ride my coattails to you know a promotion and beyond while I'm still here doing the work because you know as Bria said you've got to be able to sell yourself I'm not necessarily the best salesman um I know I'm not a good salesman my 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 sales is what I do so I know that I'm not I can't allow people to steal what I'm doing anymore because they'll take it and then they'll be able to sell it better and then you know get all the accolades and so I've got to make sure that I'm ready to like put my my meat behind it before I let it go to the rest of the, the world. Carol, you've been quiet. Do you know any, do you have any experience in this area? Yeah, I have experience in this area, but I can relate a lot to what Stephanie was saying is I think it just comes with experience since I am still new into my career. Like I'm just three years in out of uh, undergrad and I'm still trying to like work up that confidence. So there's been times where I've said ideas during meetings or when we're having brainstorm sessions with teammates. I like say something, but they go to the point of actually executing it and building out a plan and then presenting it where I know it was my idea because they agreed with it, but they actually like <laughs> put paper to pad and, you know, they actually executed it. So it's considered their idea and they're praised for it, which is frustrating. But I I'm like understanding those things now where it's like, okay, I need to, if I say an idea, I need to follow through with it. Or I know I've written like docs at times where my name fully isn't on it because I was helping support, but the main person just says it was just them. 
So it's things like that. And I, I'm just like learning and figuring out, okay, <laughs> corporate America is kind of savage and everybody kind of just out for themselves at times. And that's not like, I come from a very collectivist culture. So it's tough for me to like, okay, I have to be very individualistic and just care for myself. Like that's not a personal personality trait that I have, but I'm learning it's a lot of what people <laughs> have. So I think it's just like a learning curve, like Stephanie said. And I think like it, as I continue to grow in my career, I'm going to get better and better at being a self-advocate for myself and my ideas and my thoughts and not allowing others to like steal them from me. Yeah, I um, I think we all been burned, you know, at some point, especially kind of in the embryonic stages of a career and, uh, you know, just kind of starting out and learning and you're just incredibly enthusiastic and you're looking to build a brand for yourself and um, put yourself out there for all these amazing innovative ideas and, um, you know, we, we'll draw back on Billy is sitting there in the, in the wings, eavesdropping, and all of a sudden Billy then wrote a six-pager about your idea. Um, we've all been there. But I'm 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 a little bit more strategic now because I'm I'm I don't know I, this again comes back to just being salespeople like I like to like like a marionette right I'm moving or like a chessboard I'm moving pieces you know it's all about strategy and so there are some ideas that I will purposely share with people because. I think they're great ideas. I know that people are going to want to hop on board. I particularly don't want to do the work on it though, but it is a great idea. So then I'll say, let me collaborate with you on that. And uh, they just, I just let them do the work. <laughs> and then when it comes time for annual reviews or whatever, or whatever, it's like, you know, like, oh yeah, I, you know, collaborated with so-and-so on this and this and this, and that was actually my idea, whatever. Right. But um, I think, you know, for the, the, if I'm building my brand and for something that's a little bit more strategic, say if I am working on like a promotion doc or something like that, um, I move in silence and I let, you know, kind of the end result speak for itself because I'm, I'm, I'm it's a balance, right? I want to show that, yeah, I'm, I'm an incredible team player and I'm doing things that are like organization wide or maybe even company wide initiatives and, yeah, but then also I'm building Bria's brand, you know, so um, I just kind of pick and choose when I share ideas. Yeah, that's just how I go about it. Yeah, that's something I'm still trying to figure out because it happens so often, whether it's in meetings, I'll say something and then somebody else will jump in and repeat it and it goes as their idea or their feedback. Um, with documents, uh, the last team I was on, I left because this particular person would literally duplicate anything that I do it would kind of take the credit and it was just so stressful um, in meetings speaking up um, I just feel like my idea is always either overlooked or not heard so it's something I kind of still trying to figure out um, is it the way I'm saying it or is it just the way I'm communicating the idea but yeah it just seems to be a an ongoing thing that I'm still trying to find ways around it yeah. Yeah, so we're getting to the end. We got two questions left. So I wanna know, how many people 
how many women? So let's first go men of color and then how many women of color do you guys know in upper leadership? And do you see these people uplifting or mentoring other people of color to bring them, you know, up with them? Or do you or do you see these people kind of holding other people of color back? Because I've ran into the situation of having like the black gatekeeper where you would think, oh, this person's here. This is great. This person can be my mentor or, you know, I can uh, chit chat with them and, you know, figure out how I can, you know, get to their level. And it didn't, it didn't work out the way that I was thinking it will work out. So I'm curious, how many people in upper leadership do you know that are people of color? Men and women. And do they uplift or have you seen more of these, you know, these gatekeepers? I can go first. Um, I have been working for two decades now. And I've only had one black man in as a manager or as like a senior leader. And unfortunately he left, he left the company within like two, three weeks of me starting. So as far as like my direct path upwards, I haven't had that at all. I haven't had the support, the, the person to emulate, the person to either lift me up or hold me back either way. I have had it peripherally. Um, and I would say they were not super supportive. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I don't know that I, I think that maybe she was focused on trying to build her own path and maybe didn't feel like she had the time to make paths for other people. I would just say, I don't think she was intentional about it. Um, so for me, it's pretty simple. I haven't really, really seen it um, and haven't really been able to take advantage of it. Yeah, I can't think of having a leader that was black Directly, anyways, I have not had one. Indirectly, there was one, but uh, yeah, not, not, not that helpful. Uh, same with me in 25 years in my direct line of leadership to the VP, I've never reported to a person, person of color. Um, and other organizations I have uh, networked with um, those leaders and sought out you know, mentors and um, sponsorships been sponsored by some of them and, but direct line of leadership, no. Bria, Carol, do you guys know any people of color in upper leadership and have they been uplifting or have they been a blocker? I don't think um, I personally have reported, you know, in direct line, Stephanie was saying, you know, to a person of color. Uh, have I seen people, in, you know, people of color in leadership? Absolutely. Um, I don't think I can answer as to whether or not they were a gatekeeper because again, you know, I didn't seek mentorship from them directly and I can't really speak on obviously people who have and they've kind of been a gatekeeper to those people. But maybe people, maybe not like upper leadership, but I definitely have had directors that were, you know, women of color that, you know, I've sought mentorship from just within the last couple of years who were um, more than willing to give of their time and their resources and, you know, expand their network, extend it rather to me. Um, but as far as like leadership, like SVP, no, never. Yeah, I can echo all the other ladies. Uh, no, I haven't had black leader in my direct line at all as a manager or anything. I mean, if you go, outer and outer and outer yes i know they exist somewhere in that atmosphere but have i had 
a direct line of communication or like can speak to if they've like helped others or our gatekeepers know. Uh, I know they are there. Well, a few of them are there. <laughs> but yeah, no direct manager. Okay, I just lied. So we have a new <laughs> senior VP that I just remembered in my head and she is a black woman. <laughs> and we also went to the same college. So I reached out to her and we're supposed to connect in the next couple of months. But I was like, oh my gosh, how could I forget about her? But yes, finally, after 25 years, I have re I am reporting um, my senior VP is a black female. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> That's awesome. But it's kind of sad that most of us are saying no. So how do we fix this problem? We've got to come out of solutions with some of these things. So I know we're having conversations and people say, well, conversation is a, you know, it's, it's a starter of everything, but we can't end that conversation. And I feel like a lot of things end that conversation. So how do we, with a little bit of access that we have, change this? Like in our own individual stance, like what are we going to do going forward in order to kind of change the way this looks for maybe the next generation behind us? So in my organization, you know, the big thing now is diversity, equity, and inclusion. It seems like every organization has that organization that resides um, in, their, in their company. And it's meeting with your focal and having those conversations is, okay, this is what the leadership looks like now. And you are the DEI leadership what are you doing to diversify this pool level of of employees and just starting those conversations and start asking those questions and um i know that's something that my organization has started doing and there is an initiative to look across our, our organization and have a career path for some of the people of color in our organization to i don't know mentor them into some of these leadership leadership positions so i think it's just starting those conversations these E and I um, people are in our companies now for a reason and making sure that they're just not looking at the lower level positions, but the upper level positions um, and diversifying those as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, it's no secret that, you know, a lot of these, you know, Fortune 500 companies are, you know, racing to put um, chief officers of diversity and inclusion you know, in place and they're, they're looking for a black man or a black woman to do it. I mean, that's, that's no secret. And that's fine. But what's what I do find historically is that they're looking externally to fill that, you know, and I, I'm very curious about that. I'm trying to understand exactly why not look within and, and even just, you know, if we're cascading down um, to, you know, if you want to say even bottom of the totem pole, you need to kind of get in touch with, with the people, with your people of color within the company and not so much focused on hiring like externally. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. But I think for me, it starts with, to answer your question directly, Tierra, is why, why do I personally feel the need to put black people or people of color in leadership roles is it because i just want to see somebody who looks like me in that role do i feel like that person is going to identify with me better and maybe help to pave a way for me should that be the direction i want to go um, i think we don't ask ourselves that enough i think it's more of like we just want to see more black faces 
and that's fine, <laughs> you know, but why? Why is that? Like, you know, is it, is it just for the, maybe it is just for the sheer fact that we just want to see people who look like us sitting around that round table who can speak on our behalf. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think for me, I, I challenge myself often. Well, why, why do I personally want to see, why was it for me a very moving and emotional moment to see Kamala Harris become the vice president? Why is that? Why did I cry? Is it because she's a black woman, a multiracial woman, the first to do it, the first female? Like what, what was it about that for me? And I, I take that same notion and I put it in the workplace as well. It's like, why do I want to see more black people in, in leadership? And I do that because it forces me to say, how am I connected? To that because I just honestly, you know, and maybe I'm just, you know, speaking out of turn here or going against the grain, but I personally just don't feel that that's the answer. It's like, we just got to put more black people in places of leadership. Why? I don't think we ask ourselves that enough. But once we get to that place and space, then yeah, we'll, we'll figure out, you know, but it's working backwards. It's like, then we'll, we'll know the work that we need to do to make it happen. But, you know, and I'd be curious to know from you ladies, like what your thoughts are around that, because I ask myself that all the time. Why do I want to see more black people in places of leadership? Oh, go ahead, Stephanie. Oh, I'm sorry. I think, I think it goes back to the question that we had talked about before. It's like, why are we not seeing more black people promoted? We know we're doing the work. We know that we're intelligent. We know we have expertise and capability. We want to be recognized for that. And I think by being promoted up into these leader positions is validation that we belong and we're getting rewarded for the work and our contribution to this company. And I just think, you know, that's why I want to see more people of color in leadership positions, because I know we're capable and I know we've earned the right to be there or the expertise to be there, but we're just not being recognized for it. And I just think it's that recognition that, you know, I'm looking for. And I'm, I was, I cried when, when, you know, Kamala Harris, when they got elected, you know, because I know she has the qualifications. She's being recognized for the qualifications that she could be there. And all the little girls behind her know that I just need to work hard and, and build those qualifications. And I can do that too. And I just think that representation for being, you know, that recognized for the work you do is just is so important. Yeah, I would echo that. It's representation and relate, relatability. So if my boss is Black, I'm more likely to be more comfortable to show more of myself and that person understanding where I'm coming from when I do certain things. So there's a better communication. Um, I think we've talked a lot about are we our authentic self? And the reason we can't be our authentic self is because we're surrounded by people we're not as familiar with from our upbringing or our life experiences. So there's different cultures. So the more you have, I think the better you have a chance of being recognized for who you are. Um, even the things that you're not communicating out loud, your black leader might be able to understand and recognize and gives you a better chance of getting to that next level. I think another piece of it is we, like we, you know, you've all said, we know that there are capable black men and women out there that can do the role. Why are they not in them? And it can't be qualifications. The reasoning must be there's a blocker. So when we say we want to see more, more people of color in those roles, we're asking you to remove that blocker. You know, I may not get there, 
but someone else can get there. And then they know that someone else can come after them. I think it's, it's not doing it just to put black people in these positions, but to say, just like everybody else, your hard work, your degrees, your years of, of service, your time away from your family, all these things that this white person has done and gotten to this level can also happen for you. And right now, I think we're putting in the same amount of work, if not more than our white counterparts, but we don't get to be, we don't experience the same reward. And I think that's the problem. It's, it, it's, we sh it should be equal for all of us to get to those same upper levels. And the only way it's going to happen is if people make a conscious effort to say, we're going to reward the hard work that you are already doing by making sure we take the time to recognize it. Agreed. Bria, when you ask that question, what I realize is we're all just so accustomed to corporate America being white that we have to ask the question, oh, why? why does a black person like why did they deserve to be there you know and i was very thrown when you asked that because in one sense it is because we do have the skills we do you know we are showing up and, show, and like we're showing up every day and proving that but we're constantly having to do it at a higher level to prove ourselves because we're all accustomed to just oh this is a white space only so in order to remove that blocker, like you have to go above and beyond when it should like corporate America should be a space for anybody that has the skills uh, to do the job. And then um, I agree with representation matters too. And it's been proven that like inclusive and diverse teams have better results and in, in all facets, whether it's profit based or culture based. So it matters to have inclusive and diverse teams. And Bri, I guess my question uh, to your question of why have black people leadership, why have white people leadership, there's plenty of white people who are not qualified who are in here. So why does corporate America need to be X percent white or Asian when a lot of these people are in here not even based off of qualifications or based off of they know somebody, so they were able to get in the door. So if we're talking about, and I think of a lot of things historically, historically a lot of things have been stolen from people of color in general. So why are we giving our ideas to non-black people or non-people of color for them to then take it and capitalize off of it? Meanwhile, we're stuck in impoverished situations or we're, we have lack of access in order to get access, you have to start having people who see you as a person. And most of the time, if it's another person of color, they will see you as a person. Or you'll have the person of color who just wants to be in and say, well, I got in. You need to figure it out yourself. You figure out how to get in here because I feel good about me being able to be the one Black person that got through the door. And it's like, so why do we always need to ask ourselves questions? Why do we need to go up, down, over, escalate, do all these things, play basketball, shoot the three? in order to get in somewhere, why are we always having to ask the questions, but white people get to just be? If we're actually trying to bring things to a level playing field in general, like in this country, it doesn't matter if it's in the workplace or whatever. In my mind, why are we always having to ask ourselves five, 10 more questions than other groups of people have to ask themselves? Why don't we get, why aren't we allowed to just be? Why aren't we allowed to study something and go into a career field and be paid equitably why do I need to even ask why do black people need to be in leadership? We don't ask why white people need to be in leadership and half of these people are not qualified to even be in leadership. 
So for me, I don't feel I need to ask myself that question because white folks don't have to ask it. What I'm trying to do is work on how do we get to the point where everybody gets to just live and not even worry about being a black person or being a white person. Why does DEI even exist? if there's not a problem. You wouldn't have to do this if there wasn't a problem. So for me, I don't care. Why does a black person need to be in there? Do, do they have all the qualifications? No, nope, because this white person don't either. So yes, I think the baseline should be that, you know, you have these qualifications. This person is actually trying to bring impact to this company. But when you get put in a place where everybody at the bottom three levels of this company look very diverse, then once you get to a six, seven and above, it doesn't look diverse at all. To me, that states that there's clearly a problem. There's clearly some type of systemic racism that is happening here because there's no way that you have all these people down here at the bottom that look all colors of the rainbow and you're telling me that they somehow never got the qualifications or the experience or the knowledge to move to the next level? That's bullshit. And if white people don't have to ask why a bunch of white people are in leadership, black people don't need to ask why does a black person need to be in leadership? That's how I feel. Yeah, I think yeah, that like, overall... Oh, sorry. No, 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 go right ahead. I was just gonna say it, it kind of leads to the bigger picture of, of normalization. I feel like when you go back to kids, you know, little white girls and little white boys see themselves reflected everywhere. So they can imagine any sort of future that they want, whether it's firefighter, CEO, you know, president for little white boys, they know that it's possible. They don't, they don't think that there's anything in their way to get to whatever they want. All they have to do is just do it. For people of color, there's so few, it's not normal to see people in these other spaces that we may think, well, I can get there, but we automatically know that it's not normal and there's gonna be issues that we have to overcome. So I think that's the big thing about Kamala Harris is she's normalizing women and uh, you know women of color but women as well uh to be in these higher leadership positions and whether it impacts you know a little black girl to become president or just to try to be the ceo of a fortune five country it, company it's knocking down these these barriers and showing that anything is possible where white people have never had to worry about that yeah i was just gonna say um for the dei you know i I naturally do not default to race. You know, I'm looking at, you know, people with disabilities. I'm looking at queer people. I'm looking at female versus male. I'm looking at, and I'm not even really looking at kind of the, the physicality or the identity. I'm also looking at diversity, equity, inclusion includes skill set and uniqueness of skill set and and what you bring to the table and all of that definitely but so because i because like you when you mentioned dei and you said well why do we even have dei it was off the back of a, a a comment around race so i just wanted to say that i'm not particularly speaking about race in this um in the question that i pose but my thing is for for the people that i've spoken to who are you know shouting about having more um, people of color, it, you know, at the table. And I pose the question of why is that? Oh, because, you know, they're going to identify with me better and they're going to open the door for me. And I'm like, you don't know that, you know, you don't know that. Like, I don't want, and that's really what I'm getting at is, so that's why I ask myself personally, why is it that I personally want to see in this instance, 
more black people at the table and you know is it somewhere where i'm aspiring to be and to your point stacy you said kind of normalizing maybe you know i want to see some normalization if i'm aspiring to be at the table if a few folks go before me maybe it doesn't seem so impossible is that why i want to see more people of color at the table um and i i can't even answer that question for myself just for the record by the way which is why i didn't pose an answer <laughs> i just posed the question because i can't answer that there are you know i would say probably nine out of ten black people were ecstatic to see Barack Obama become the first black president. I know black people who were unhappy with his administration. Me too. And could really go on record and say he did not do anything for the black community. Right. But you were so gung-ho about him being in office, but why? Did you think that he was gonna like revolutionize the black community in some way and make things easier for you? No, he's human who just happens to be black <laughs> and the president that wasn't his job you know what i mean so that's what i'm getting at is you know i'm asking myself well why is it that i want to see more more people of color and really being honest with myself around that because it's a tarotic hotel if that's the case and i don't think that's a fair enough reason for that i agree too i don't I don't need it for writing coattails or people opening doors. For me, it's a simple fact of, if we actually live in a free country that's supposedly equal, well, I would like things to actually be equal. And that's the end of the story. I don't need to ask any more questions because certain groups of people don't have to ask themselves any of these questions. And we could sit here and talk for two hours about certain things because there are blockers there that people ignore. So for me, it's the level playing field. If we're actually going to live in a country that's supposedly equal, like then bitch let's have this shit be equal then i don't need to ask why a black person or a person of color and then also with the dei too bria i anytime i feel like anytime i'm talking about black people i'm also talking about like people with disabilities like he brought up all of the branches of dei not just different races and i feel like once you're able to see once they start putting a certain group in there then I feel like there's hope for the other groups to also be represented as well. And if we're going to be equal country, which is fake as fuck, which everybody knows that's not equal, it's not a level, a level playing field. For me, if we're, going, if we're moving toward a level playing field, that's why those people should be in places of power. There's no reason why we should be looking at a sea of white men specifically if everything is supposedly equal. This country makes up X percent of these people. Why are we seeing less than a percent of that when we rock, walk into certain rooms? Yeah. So ladies, we're getting toward the end, as you know. I didn't even think that question was gonna go uh, that long. Uh, but there's this notion that black people have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Do you guys agree with this? If you do, why do you agree? And if you don't, why don't you agree? Or I won't even say only black people. This is, well, is it a black thing or is it a people of color thing? Twice as hard to get half as far. I would say for anyone watching this, if this is your first like melanated series video that you're watching, then you need to go back and watch the very first video of race in the US from the black perspective. You'll see that every person in that panel, including myself, I think I even said it, that, you know, it is was instilled in me from the time that I was a child, from like five, six years old, Bria, you will always have to work twice as hard to get half as far, period. 
And that is a real, that's a real thing because corporate America is not kind to people of color. And, you know, I know that's basically kind of been the premise of this whole conversation is, you know, what it's like to be a black person, a person of color in corporate America. It's not, I personally feel that corporate America is not designed for, for black people. <laughs> Uh, for the very reasons that we talked about, you know, inability to show up as one's authentic self and be unapologetic and so on and so forth. But yes, you know, nothing's handed to you. If you're a person of color, if you're a black woman, black person, you know, you, you're going to have to bust your ass and you're going to have to bust your ass twice as hard to get, you know, half as far as one of your counterparts. And sadly, you're kind of have to be okay with that and be accepting because if you're not, then you're going to end up being like crazy, <laughs> at least for me. I've had to concede and be like, okay, this is just how it is. Get over it. Do the work. Get on with life. It's not fair, but that's how I see it. For me, it's like it, it all starts from the beginning, right? You have kids that are looking up, and I think we talked about all of these, so to tie it all up, why we need black leaders is so that children can look at themselves and other people and kind of be familiar and know that they can go into those spaces. Um, because for a lot of us, we didn't see that. And so many people choose uh, their careers based on their friends, their family, people they know. So they kind of go into that field because that's kind of where they see most of themselves. And it's usually not in corporate America. They're, most of us here have said we're the only black person in our team and there's just a lack there there's no diversity and that's why we need more people to come into this this space so that we can feel more comfortable and we don't have a story right we're still trying to create what a black person in corporate america looks like because we don't have enough like a white person in america in corporate we already know the story they can come in there's a certain bio certain familiarity of who they are it's their space but for us it's still not our space yet so we need more people to come in so that we can create that story and be more successful and so that's kind of where I see it. there's just a lack of people and I and I think you asked earlier Tiara like how do we get more black leadership or more black people into the field it's like we have to start at the elementary schools and at the middle school especially in tech I don't think more black kids are told that they can go into, you know, technology. I don't know if they're given enough opportunities. If you go to a school district with mostly white and Asian, you're going to have that in their school where they're actually getting exposed to, to tech. So we just kind of have to start from the beginning and letting our kids know that, hey, you can, you can go into that field. It's not only for certain demographics. So. I agree, because I didn't even know about STEM until I was an adult, and now working in corporate spaces and finding out that I gravitate more toward technical things, I'm like, if, if I would have just known, I would have went to school for something very different, but I went to school for something that I had heard of, that I had a little bit of interest in, and I knew I just wanted to get a degree so I could pave a way to like be able to take care of my family. Um, but if I would have had more exposure or more information, I definitely would have went into some kind of mathematics, computer science, something like that, because I'm finding that that's where I'm moving toward. And I could be 
10 steps ahead of what I am now, starting as an almost 30 year old, you know, if I would have known this when I was 18, could have had a lot more going at this point. Um, but yeah, exposure was not there at all. So like, I'm sorry, go right ahead, Stephanie. I was going to say, so, you know, that notion of we have to work twice as hard to get half as far starts off with education. Cause I mean, this is a whole nother topic itself, but we're already not getting equal education with, you know, our white counterparts, you know, you're saying your access to STEM. So we're a lot of times are already starting behind the eight ball. Cause we're, you know, we have to work twice as hard and fight for our education and then let alone fight in corporate America with our position in corporate America. So, you know, that's, I know just for me, it's been instilled so long, you know, we're always fighting for our position, whether it's education, jobs, promotions, you know, we're, we're always working hard. Yeah, and I can echo those sentiments since growing up, like, as immigrants, my mom always instilled that in us, whether it's through, like, academia or when we get into the workplace, that we're always going to have to be above and beyond, and we might not make it as far, but we have to continuously be, like, 2x, 3x above our counterparts, because they, they need that. That's the only way to, like, succeed. So having that immigrant mindset is what I've always just, like, based my life on and why I tend to be very much of like a perfectionist and I'm trying to work on like oh you don't have to be a perfectionist as much but it's just that mindset of I have to in order to make at least like some steps and then in terms of education 100% agree that a lot of these positions that we're in are not spoken about and a lot of people of color don't know about them and that's why plug if you guys have not watched <laughs> the uh, professional series that Tira is doing uh, it's really good to get a better idea of other positions or roles or courses that people can look into that maybe aren't in their school systems so I highly recommend that I would say um, you know for anyone out there that would possibly say that this notion that we have is something that we've put on ourselves. I would even say that it's reflected in our leaders and how they view our performance. Because um, I know that, you know, as a black woman, you end up being like a perfectionist and you, you're working twice as hard, three times as hard. You're running yourself ragged. You're doing, you know, extra long days, extra, extra work, taking on more responsibilities just to prove that your half is good. And, you know, you get burnout. And I went through uh, some burnout previously. And so I didn't stop doing what I needed to do. I just stopped doing the extra. And no one noticed that I was doing extra. But as soon as I do what everyone else is doing, they suddenly see me as not doing enough. So I can't even say that it's like me being hard on myself. It's like if I just carry myself at the level of other folks, white folks, you know, then it's suddenly not good enough. So it's hard to always have to be going above and beyond constantly on 20 when everyone else is on 10. And then, you know, you push it back to 12 and they're like, oh my God, is something, is something wrong? Why aren't you doing, you know, 10? And I'm like, bitch, I've been doing 20 for the last year. And now you're saying that I'm not even meeting the bar. I think it's, it, it sucks. It's like, it's not just something that our parents tell us, it's something that society has shown over and over again, that we could be the best and the brightest and we're still not good enough 
to meet this like these mediocre people out here which is ridiculous and you know i was going to say that i'm sorry tier i know you want to wrap up but just was going to put one more point in there is that is why you see um specifically black millennials um flocking towards entrepreneurship and that's why we are the leading race in entrepreneurship is because we're not going to sit here and continue to put up with the bullshit in the rat race you know i don't i don't need to box myself and craft this image that you want me to assume and portray for the sake of you know getting a promotion within a corporate space i'm just going to go off and be my own boss and do my own thing and you know i i went through that phase and i'm kind of going through that phase right now where i left corporate for a, a little while i started a business and then you know did it for a couple of years and then came back to the corporate space and it was because i simply just needed a break um but that you know to kind of end it on a positive note I would say, you know, yeah, you know, but, but we are redirecting our energy, you know, in current times to become our own bosses and pave our own ways. And it's all about generational wealth and we're, you know, more prone to buy property now and, and, and all of that and, you know, kind of rinse and repeat. So I am happy to see that um, because it, it is a lot of the fact that black people you know, we are least likely to just be, to conform, <laughs> you know, and that's just the fact of the matter. So um, I am happy to see that, you know, we do lead when it comes to entrepreneurship. Plus one to that, we love to see it. We love the generational wealth. We love the entrepreneurship. And I'm so happy of like everybody that is doing that. And I think it's paving the way of like, I think corporate America is going to see a shift in the coming years. I 100% agree with you guys. Bria, I 100% agree. And with the entrepreneurship, I feel like that's how I know that when I see other people of color within the corporate space, they are bringing a lot of value to these teams. And people who are higher than them are just taking these big ideas and crafting them to be their own. And so that's another reason why I feel like there should be more people of color in leadership because the people of color are very creative people. We are just very creative people. And so you can't tell me once we get into the corporate space that just disappears. It doesn't. Somebody else is just taking it and putting their name on it. And for me, it, that kind of hurts because then it makes me think of things back in history a lot of things were being taken from slaves and being taken from black people and being branded as something that a white person came up with. And it's just not true. They didn't come up with these things. They just were in the position to take it and put their name on it. They had the access or they had the information from someone else of, oh, well now I can brand this and say that I did so-and-so. Well, I paid for the trademark, you didn't. Sorry, it's my thing. You know what I mean? So that's when I think about leadership. I'm like, I feel like it's so crazy that you don't see that many people of color in leadership because people of color are very innovative. They have a lot of big ideas. They're very creative. And so if you just gave them the time and space to be inside of these places, your company could actually be making a lot more money than what it is making, but you are not utilizing these people. You're not valuing these people. So I 100% agree. So like Bria said, let's close this on a, a shiny note, a good note. So very quickly, ladies, tell everybody what is something that you find very empowering about being a Black woman in the workplace? Yeah, I can kick it off. I think it's the diverse experience and perspective that I bring that my counterparts might not have. I think that is one of my, like, skills or superpowers that I bring on that other people don't have. And that I think that makes me come up with like different ideas or think about problems and solutions in a different way. 
I think for me, it's like, hey, A, I'm there and hopefully they see how I work. Like when I'm doing my job, I'm not just doing it for myself, but I feel like, hey, if you want to hire that next black person, I hope that you'll reconsider because of how I am doing my work or how I'm handling my business, so to speak, right? Like I hopefully I'm um, letting them see that it's okay to hire that next black person. And then the other aspect of it is outside of work, I'm able to talk to younger kids and say, this is what I do. And guess what? You can do it too. And this is what you could do. And I can talk to them about it. And just naming the company I work for, some kids are like, wow, you work for that company. And to them, like it's given them hope, right? Like even my own son was so proud of me for getting the job. So it's sort of like, hey, I'm hopefully giving them that, um, that view that they can get there as well. I would just think hopefully people see kind of like what Carol said, the diversity that I bring to my role and you know whatever I'm doing. I didn't take the traditional path to get to where I'm at right now. I've worked in you know several different industries and I have different types of experience. And you know, in school, I was in school for several years because I was working and going to school part-time. So I feel like that gives you different life experiences that other people may not have. And I would hope that you know, me not taking the traditional route shows, or I'm able to show the knowledge and the, the, the different ideas and the different experience that I have and, and be able to blend that into how I do my work going forward. I guess that leaves me. <laughs> so um, over the past few years, being um, just a black woman in STEM or being in the tech field, it's a, it's a confidence builder. You know, starting out, you know, I said before, I wasn't very sure of myself or whether I belong. And, you know, me navigating this space and being accepted for my ideas and voicing my ideas, it's a real confidence builder. And like uh, Siham said, I like going out externally and talking to young girls about them, especially elementary and, and middle school, getting them early and thinking about and just being that representative to say, hey, you know, there's other women that like me in these spaces and you can do it too. We need more women in these spaces. Um, and I just think that's just a real, real confidence booster. I'm not quite sure how to answer that. So I'll go back to what I said earlier, the question around, do you feel like you can show up as your, you know, your authentic self? I feel like I naturally show up as my authentic self because I am a black woman and I'm conditioned to do such, right? I just don't have it in me to be any other way. So as I said before, you know, I often go against the grain and I challenge, you know, my colleagues and I challenge my managers and my skip levels and on up the chain. I can be a bit radical at times and, you know, but I think, you know, for me, it's, I, I'm one of, I'm that one of four who's not fake, I guess. <laughs> and I'm proud of that. Like I said, you know, I definitely have, you know, gotten myself into some hot water over time, but like I said, I've made more strides than you know taking steps back because i don't ever want you know say a young black woman coming into like you know high school college and looking to move into my career field and feel as if they have to tailor i you know like you know you come with the full package you come as yourself you're just as worthy as anybody else in this building if not more and you don't have to cave, you don't have to, 
you know, sugarcoat your shit, just be you. And if they got a problem with that, then fuck them, move along. And I think we don't, you know, I don't want to overgeneralize, but I don't think we give our, ourselves enough permission to say, you know what, I don't have to do that. I mean, like if, if how I am is not enough for you or if it's too much for you, then maybe this isn't the right environment for me and move along. You know, I don't want to, I don't want any young black girl to look at me and be like, she bit her tongue on that. That ain't what she really feel. You know, I want, I want young black women to feel like you can be in a corporate space and be your whole self. And at any point you feel like you can't, then you need to, you need to move along, make a move. I agree. And I think I never even answered that question about being your authentic self. Um, I kind of echo that of Bria, as you guys probably can tell how my personality is. I'm not very good at um, not being myself. So as far as like the most empowering thing or like what I like about being in corporate, it's just the opportunity to get information because I like to do lots of research. I like to ask a lot of questions. And because I wasn't given the exposure when I was younger, now I have the access to this information to ask it how I want to ask it. And so I think it's just getting the information so then I can bring it back to my community and give it to them how I want to. So I'm in there to dig up as much information as possible and give it back to the people who don't think it's possible to be in there. Because a lot of people make comments like, oh, well, you know, only a certain type of people can get in there. Or people we know who, like when my sister moved to Atlanta, it was like, oh, yeah, you guys are the Beckys, you know, because how you talk, you talk like a white person. So, you know, that's why you guys can do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, nah. because the white person doesn't see me talking as Becky. And so I just appreciate being able to get information and give it to other people who don't think that that's a space they could even enter. Like it's a, a, a no, no black zone unless you are a certain type of black, which is a black that can talk like a white person or a black person who can, you know, these types of things. So yeah, that's the best part for me, being able to get the information and field it back to my people. Ladies, that is it for this panel. I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate the candid conversation. I appreciate the disputes. I appreciate people not agreeing with everything the other person has to say because that's not real life. So anytime we do these, I want people to see a bunch of different perspectives and not everyone just saying, oh, well, I'm black, she's black. Yes, I 100% agree. No, we don't. We don't agree, but we're still this. We're still connected. So I appreciate you guys' time. Anybody got any closing statements? Thank you for letting me be a part of this. This was awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation. It was yeah, me as well. Thank you for Absolutely. doing it. It's nice meeting all you ladies that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. Hey, you. Thanks for tuning in to the Melanated Scenes podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. In the meantime... Hit that subscribe button and I'll catch you on the next one.